0: Good morning, good morning. This is the Early Birds Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Haddad. It is 642 AM, about to be 643. A little bit of a late start today, some technical difficulties. But I have the man of the hour here, a very good friend of mine, and uh, somebody that I'm hoping you guys are really going to enjoy. There's a lot of knowledge that he has. Howard Haynes, welcome, sir. Thank you for being on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. So first and foremost, can you just fill fill the group in, what, what you do
1: for the company and who you are? Um, my name is Howard Hanks. As he said, I am the product officer here at Nexter Lending, and I guess a lot of people are confused—like not mortgage products, but more design and technology. I'm responsible for building our proprietary technology, leading our
0: developers, and kind of building the vision we have for our technology. So yeah. So he's doing this at the age of 20 years old, and and one of the things for me, guys, is you know I always used to use my age as a crutch when I was younger, and I talked to my mentor uh, one day. You know, before he passed away, Stephen Luigi Piazza. And I used to say, you know, Piazza, I'm only 24, 25, and, and one day he looked at me and goes, John, stop saying how old you are. It doesn't matter. He goes, all you have to tell people is you're learning. Right. You're learning because it doesn't matter the age. And the reason I bring that up to you is you're leading a team right now of about, what, 10 people. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're fully responsible for all the tech that gets <laughs> launched for this multi-million you know, dollar company that we're fortunate enough to run. What is that process like? How do you get in the headspace you're at today to be able to even lead a team of people?
1: I mean, for me, it's like ident- identifying what my goals are and what we're trying to do as a company, but then also what I want to do as a leader. So like for me, it was really getting behind like, okay, next lending, what is our goal? What is our vision? Building out the roadmap is like insanely important, right? Because if you just say, I want to do this, I want to be successful. Everybody wants that, right? It's two blankets. You have to really get granular and like, okay, what is success for next lending? And then what is success for myself? And then where do I fit in and next? door lending and I was really identifying what success is for myself, identifying what success is for the company, and then getting into that mind space of actually starting to
0: you know build and develop things. So for you know you're talking about the building side mm-hmm. of it already, and you're talking about how you're already assessing. Yeah. And for me, you know, I think about being being your age, and I got into the industry about 21, so not not much older than you are today. Yeah you know for those folks at home that are your age and they don't have those same thoughts right they're going to the, the partying or the college or the schooling and all that stuff nothing wrong with it right yeah, yeah but how did you put yourself in that mindset and framework to where you knew you're like okay this isn't the path i'm gonna head down i i don't like to party i don't want to go out how do you put yourself and give yourself the confidence to say okay this is what i want to do and i know what i want to do I think like you
1: kind of said it. It's having that confidence within yourself, and part of it is like you know self respect, self compassion. You know, because a lot of times it's very easy, especially in a social media connected world. We look at a lot of other people's lives, we see what they're doing. I want this, I want that, and then we compare it and we bring it onto ourselves. And I feel like comparison is a thief of joy. You know, so it's like if I'm comparing myself to these people, my peers, then I'm re- I'm always gonna be like fighting that constant battle. So I I took a step back and I was like, okay. What do i really want do do i am i sure i want to pursue college am i sure i want to do this do i want to go for that and then once you're able to understand what you want i think the biggest thing is like accepting that and then sticking with it because there was a lot of times where i could have just been like okay no if this isn't really working out or it's too hard and just you know deviated from what i initially said but i was so adamant about what
0: i wanted to do and how i was going to do it and then i just kind of kept working towards that goal you know, you, you said something really fascinating. You said accepting yeah. that you want to do it. And it's taken me years to accept, you know, what I want to do. I, I People always think, like, I have known what I want to do forever. I didn't. You know, I was yeah. fortunate. I was lucky to be put in the situation I was in. I excelled. I did very well. Made right, incredible right, right. money. And I'm so eternally grateful for that. But not until about four years ago did I really understand my purpose, right, mm. where I'm accepting of the position that I'm in, even though there's days, you and I joke all the time, <laughs> that are pretty stressful. Yeah, exactly. How, what, what's that process for you and how, why do you think you're in that state of mind at, at the age of 20 years old? I hate to say that right at the age, but that's that's the, that's the case. Yeah, how do you already have that mindset where you're accepting of the fact that this is what you want to do?
1: So it's two things. So the first part is, you know, inputs and outputs, you know, just like machines. They take in data They output data. So a machine you give it information then it spits out information. Our bodies and our mind They work the same way So if you're taking in things, whether it be media, content, people, surroundings, environment, whether it be physical things like, you know, drinking, smoking, whatever activities, whatever it matters, all these things kind of impact who you are. So it's important to really take a look at what you're taking in. And like I said, have that goal and say, okay, this is something that I want to do, but is it aligned with my goals? Is it aligned with what I want, you know, what I want? So if it, if they're clashing or you're not able to just answer that question, then it's most likely not the thing that you need to go into, right? And the second part about that is like, you know, like you said, it's hard to figure out, you know, okay, this is what I want in life. or It's, it's a lot of things that we think about. Like, oh, is this really my purpose? Is this really what I want to do? We kind of put time as a constraint on everything. And I try to remove that time as a constraint. Like if I ask you, okay, if you have 20 years to get super ripped in the gym, super big, right? Are you gonna say like you know I can do that or would you say no? Like in those twenty years, if that's the time you had, do you think you could do it? Yeah, do you think you could do it? Most people would say yeah, right. So then it's like okay, well then if you have twenty years, take away that twenty years, and I actually you if you can get super ripped in the gym, people are like, oh, I'm not sure this and that. It's gonna take this long, but we put time and it creates like this anxiety for us. So like my I I'm still learning about myself. I'm still learning what I want to do, what my purposes are, but. As I learn and I start to do things and I start to work towards that goal rather than trying to look at, oh, I, I need to be this in the next five months or I need to be this by the time I'm 24. I'm instead working towards that goal and I'm able to build a better picture of what
0: I actually want. You know, I, I love that so much, especially that time thing. You know, I've been reading a lot lately, you know, Elon Musk took over Twitter, yeah. okay? And and this is, I know you're rolling your eyes, but this story is, it's, it's legit, and it's exactly what you just said. Yeah. So what he did at Twitter, for those that don't know, he took in, bought it for $44 billion, took a company private. For those of you that don't understand that, you'd have to realize how much money you need to take a company off of the stock market to go private is pretty absurd. Yeah. But one of the things that he did is he, he's talking about making Twitter 2.0. Yeah. So he sent this ultimatum out to all the staff, right? And he said, okay, you have till this day to either be all in or you're not. Well, they had 7,500 employees. They lost 3,500. Yeah. And then an additional 1,200 resigned. Now, here's what's wild. And, and I tell people this. People are like, oh, he's taking Twitter. I'm like, listen, he's putting them in a spot to where he's shrunk the time, mm. Right. But he's doing it with with less than half the amount of people. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to figure it out because people are impressive. Right. People are. Your body is built like a machine. Exactly. And they are going to succeed. Whether like people like it or not, he's going to figure it out. He's going to do more work to Twitter in this short period of time with, with 33% of the staff that was at Twitter with what he has now. He's just going to do more because that's what he's built. That's what he's done. That's how he's proven himself. Yeah. And he's taking those time variations, to your point. Where he's not saying you have 20 years, because if you have 20 years, that's too much time. People yeah. procrastinate. Yep. That's just the human nature is procrastination. Yeah. Instead, he puts himself in a position where he says, okay, we have a month, right? These 20 years, you now have a month. And I think you've done that a lot where you like these time crunches and you put yourself on these time crunches. You talk about sprints a lot. And yeah. I, I want to bring this up because a lot of our folks, they're not going to be you know tech people. Exactly. But a, a, a sprint, guys, one of the things that these guys do is when they're putting together a plan, they have these sprints, and the sprints are them to connect after. It can be five days, six days, seven days, eight days, but they have specific goals that they have to hit. How would you correlate sprints into somebody's life and say, hey, here's how you might structure your your life a little bit to where you're setting it up, not worrying about, oh, let's wait for the New Year's resolution. Mm. You can start today and start setting up these goals. Um,
1: I like to do SMART goals. Uh it's something I picked up a long time ago, but also like you know having that goal, but just is is an abbreviation for it. And if you look it up, look up smart goals, it's actually really helpful. But one thing that I did with smart goals in the past, but as I started to grow and like understand things better, I realized that for being like being in a sprint, you have to clearly identify what you need to get done. And when it comes to development, I figure out okay, this is a, this is what we're trying to build. This is a feature. What features or what type of code, what type of designs do we need to actually roll this out? What do we need to implement this? Once we have that identified, then we start assigning. And the way people can do that now is by being really hyper-focused hyper and oriented on what you really want to get done, what your goals are. And then I like to do three things every day, right? So my three things would just be those three things I'm going to knock out. And because what happens is, okay, this is my goal. I'm going to do this, 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 this. this. And then you take this huge like receipt now of all the things that you want to get done and it just never happens. And then we start to get mad like, oh, why can I do it? Why is it so hard? So instead, what I did is I broke it down into three things that I'm going to focus on. And instead of saying I'm going to complete, I'm going to get this done, I'm going to knock it out. I say I'm going to make progress on these things and making progress. That change of the vocabulary makes a huge difference for me, at least, because I see it's not like I'm not putting this burden of time or burden of trying to get the thing done. I'm trying to instead uh, actually make progress and work on it. It's like quality over quantity. It's not about how how much time and effort you or how fast you get it done. It's how
0: you get it done, and if you actually achieve that goal, the process is more important than the actual time. It, it is, and I, I think the verbiage makes a ton of sense. Yeah, um, especially from a psychological standpoint. I don't I don't think we give that enough credit. But you know if i look at something and i say wow this is way too much mm. or i look at it and i go wow today i made progress yeah right away i even feel different saying those two things out loud yeah. right and that's to your point it's like those you get this long receipt like stop looking at it as a long receipt it's yeah. like just start taking little chunks out of this thing exactly day by day and that's that's a big piece of the puzzle so pr- procrastination, um, that's that's a fun one I think for all of us, and we, we joke all the time about this because like, we do have a lot, you and I specifically, to do with the company and, and the way we're growing next door lending, but for, for those at home that maybe they don't think they're on the right path or maybe they've only done it for small periods of time and yeah. each day they're like, okay, maybe I'll try something new or I'm gonna procrastinate. What does that do to the mindset if you're procrastinating every single day?
1: For me, when I procrastinate, you- that's what I talked about earlier is self like self compassion, self care. We start to get like very uh unfair to ourselves. You know, we start to be like, Oh, I don't do this or I don't do that and it and we just start beating up on ourselves sometimes. And we think that sometimes or maybe we don't. Some for me I do sometimes, oh I'm gonna get better because I'm it's like motivating or whatever, but it's really it's actually destructive to ourselves, you know. You're you're digging yourself in a hole deeper. That's why self compassion is very important. Because if you're not able to say it's okay that I wasn't able to get this done, it's okay that it took me longer, it's okay, then you'll never really recover from that. And if you just keep taking it on, now you're bringing the problems of yesterday into tomorrow's solutions. So now it's harder to focus on those things. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm working out every day. And then something comes up, I don't get to finish. I'm not sitting myself, oh, man, I'm so lazy. I didn't. I don't feel like working out. I'm tired. Instead, I'm saying it's okay that I didn't work out because I had to do this or I'm injured or I need to rest. It's okay to be tired. And it's you got to let yourself be tired or let yourself feel those feelings. But what's in, what's important is not like sitting in those feelings and marinating in them. It's instead and, and also not making decisions based off them because that can be even worse. Yeah. It's instead like acting
0: how you respond to it. It's like the bigger thing it it really it really is and you know you talk about self-compassion i've been talking to yeah. my my coach and one of the things we talked about was self-compassion yeah and the procrastination piece where it's like you know you feel terrible about yourself the self-talk that you have has become so dark so for instance if i don't work out right right i start to get so dark about it i'm like why didn't i work out i'm such a loser i'm yeah, such yeah, an yeah. idiot i can't do this i'm so weak. weak yeah but you know he told me something and, and it's a, it's exactly what you said except he said john you can't live your life off of negative reinforcement constantly. Yeah. And I said, what do you, what do you mean by that? He said, well, think about it. When do you work out? I said, well, I mean, I try to work out every day. He goes, yeah, but when do you really work out? When do you really take it the most serious? Right. I go, when I feel like a piece of shit. (laughs) And he said, "There, bingo. He said, bingo, right there. He goes, that's a terrible habit to build. Mm. He said, now your body is, you're literally gearing your mind and you're setting up your mind to only work out when you feel like a piece of what? Correct. And I said, oh God, you're right. You know, he said, that's negative reinforcement. You can't live your life by negative reinforcement. You have to find a way to turn that into a positive. You should go to the gym because, like you said, right, the compassion. Yeah. I need to go. I want to have a long life. I want grandkids. I want children. I want to be able to enjoy that life with them. That's the real picture for me, right? That's what I want long term. Exactly. But instead, it's so hard to think about it, about what the future looks like. Yeah. And I think that's why people now give up so much and so often. Mm-hmm. And so t- talk about the future a little bit. Well, it really comes back to your goals, you
1: know, like you said, why do you want to work out a lot for a lot of people it's like oh i want to get bigger i want to get stronger okay great but who doesn't you know you have to be more specific you have to be okay i want to work out because i want to be healthy right i want to be healthy and i don't want to have to have you know when i'm younger or i'm in my later years or or i don't want to be weak or have to worry about health problems i want to develop my body to maintain myself right that's more of like an understanding and a reason just saying i want to be big or i want to look good that's great right? we all want that and also some people have motivations outside of that like Some people get big so they can get attention. Some people get big so they can pee. Whatever the case may be, you have to make sure you really truly identify what the reasons why and how you're going to do something. Because as you start to get into that process itself, you really lose yourself. if You don't really know why you're doing it initially. So like New Year's is a New Year's resolution is a perfect example because people go, OK, it's a new year, new me. I'm going to improve. I'm going to work on it. And their whole goal their whole motivation, I would say, I don't really like to use the word motivation, but their whole reasoning for doing it is the New Year's. Right. So when they're going into the new year, as that starts to fade away, you kind of get into the ear. then all the motivation is gone. So now they're like, why am I in the gym? And they drop off. They don't keep it. But if my goal is to really improve myself and I'm constantly working at it, and then I work on it some days and then other days I take breaks and I actually have this reason, this goal in my mind, then it's going to be way easier to just kind of follow through on that experience rather than having some short-lived like, idea
0: and then having it wither out within a few weeks. That's, that's so, you know, I don't know the actual stat behind it, but you mentioned the gym a few times, you know, to it. And it's like, I bet you, and I know for a fact, they make, they make a career out of this, right? They literally make a career out of waiting for the new year. (laughs) They make that much money from people procrastinating so much. Yeah, Uh, they probably do. (laughs) To to your point, I think, but I think there's a lot of businesses that, that do that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, by the way, right? Gyms are going to do what what's best for the business right they want to give deals during that time that's up to them this is not a shot at gyms doing what they need to do best for their business yeah this is a shot at people right <laughs> myself included yeah me that it, Howard included that okay how do you break these habits how do you start putting yourself in a spot to where you're not waiting for New Year's anymore, and I think a lot of that has to do with what you said. It's that planning and those goals. You know, one of my other mentors, uh, Chad. One of the things he said to me was he talked about uh, checking in quarterly. So mm-hmm. what what I did instead with Chad is, as opposed to a, a New Year's resolution, we we did quarterly goals. So yeah. we set up our year in terms of quarters, like how many books do you want to read by this quarter, how many times do you want to work out by this quarter. And so as opposed to the year going through, we would check in every single quarter Mm. based on the goals that I set from last year. And that that was very helpful Mm. because what happens is if you set all these goals about these many books or whatever it is, you end up either A, forgetting, to your point, (laughs) or B, you end up realizing it's November like it is now. And you're like, oh, I got eight more books to read to hit my goal from last year. And now you're, again – Putting it into a time slot that it shouldn't be in. Yeah. So I I want to talk a bit about discipline uh, with you because I think that's one of the pieces that is missing a lot from people. And and listen, guys, when I when I talk about discipline, you have to realize I don't just mean discipline for seven days. I'm talking about sustained success. Yeah. I'm talking about your your LeBron James of the world, right? Kobe too. Yeah. Your your twenty twenty years of sustained success and being relevant for twenty years. That is discipline. It is not easy. It's hard. We're humans. I want to change every day. There's days where I don't want to do the same thing over and over. I promise you. And I know you feel the same way, especially with the design. And your days are literally almost identical all the time. Hmm. How on earth, where do someone even start to start establishing discipline?
1: So I guess it goes to instant and delayed gratification. And I, I always think about this a lot. You know, we I use the gym as an example because the gym is like the perfect example of like scale and building. You know, you come in, you lift up a few weights, you come home, nothing happens, right? But if you keep continuously working at, out at that process, then you start to see results, right? So in this world where everything is instant, we have DoorDash, we have on-demand movies, Netflix, we have 5G. Everything is so fast, right? What Our minds are wired to have everything... Phew, Hey, come to me. Instagram. Yeah. Instant gratification. Gamify. Yeah. And it's so all gamified, right? We have everything is almost like it can be delivered to you. It comes right out of the click of a button. So when it comes to actually working on ourselves, we're looking for the same results. We're like, hey, why am I not seeing the results I want to see? And then we drop off. So you got to change your mindset from being like, oh, okay, instant things. And you want it to be focused more on the delayed gratification. If you could see the longer and bigger picture of what you're really trying to work towards it's going to be easier to kind of have that discipline and work one percent every day if i told you you know do you want ten percent here ten percent uh then like a few days you don't go and then ten percent again and then like at the end it's ten percent again or if i say you want one percent every day which one would you pick right ten percent sounds good but you have all those gaps and then not like one percent every day no you don't and if you add it up if you keep having those gaps the person with one percent will have more than the person who had ten percent. Then took a week break, so it's not only just delayed instant gratification. It's also how you structure your goals too. Like I said, three things: keep it small. You know, you want to work out. You want to get big. Don't pick up the the fifty pounders. Don't try and do seven different designs in one day. Don't try and make one project like build minecraft in a week or build the entirety of facebook in two months you know start with one page start with one button start with one component start with one page or you know whatever the case may be just start small and then work your way up to it things don't get easier we just get better
0: at doing them You know, I, I, um, you're, you're, you're speaking my language right now and it's so weird because a lot of this I've been listening to very recently, Yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, Jim Rohn always says, he goes, stop, don't, don't wish for lighter winters. Yeah. He goes, wish that you're able to deal with them, wish that you're stronger, wish that you're wiser, wish that you're smarter. And he's always talking about wish about your Mm self-improvement, right? Don't wish for a, don't wish for an outside situation to change, change yourself. Exactly. And that's the biggest piece. And then. Another thing, too, to your point about discipline, um, improving that one percent, you know, Jordan Peterson is somebody I listen to quite a bit. Yeah. And a tip I'm going to give everybody that I've been really working on is is fill your calendar with things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. All right. Put things in there that you want to do. And you might be saying, well, John, I don't I don't know what to do. I don't have something to do. That's. I'm gonna be honest, guys. That's bullshit. Right? You we all have we, like, just, just is. No, you it is. It's funny. You can't tell me like you have nothing to do. And mm-hmm. and I'm all I'm saying that might be journaling. Put it in your calendar. Maybe you enjoy that. That's something to do, right? Maybe it's read ten pages. That's something to do. Mm-hmm. But what Jordan Peterson talked about is he said, Listen, fill the calendar with things you wanna do. And he said, Don't don't be upset if you don't hit all one hundred percent to yep. your point. And he said, hit 50%, and then the next day he said 51%, and then he even takes it at scale lower. He goes, hell, for all I care, 50.5%. Right. And then keep going every day, even if it's a half percent every day to your point. Right. You're getting more and more done, but if you don't have it down, you don't have it written in front of you, you don't have it on paper, you don't have it on a calendar, then where do you know where to start? Mm. You you don't. And you know, part of that is so funny, because part of the frustration when you and I first started working together- when you're building technology for those that don't know, you you literally work from where you want to end up. And yep. that's something that I'm not familiar with. And I wasn't. I am now. Been working with him for so long with Howard, but he said, Okay, what do you want the end product to be? And when he asked me that question, guys, I looked at him like he was a nut job. <laughs> I said, What do you mean the end product? Like right, we, we just not even got there. This is day <laughs> one, bro. Like, what do you mean end product? And he's like, Well, I I can't. I can't build it if you don't tell me what you want it to turn out like because yeah. I don't know how it's going to scale. I need to know how many users, all these different things. And sure enough, after time, we literally built it backwards. Yeah. And, and now it's written down and we have how many pages of documentation do we have? We
1: have well over 400 pages. <laughs> over
0: 400 pages of, of documentation just specifically stating what we've done to get to this point. Yep. And so my challenge to you guys is how many things do you write down? If anything at all. And if you do write them down, how many of them do you accomplish? Yeah. I think, uh, like you said,
1: having, identifying, and then being able to visualize is a huge thing. Uh, Everyone has their own way of like interpreting stuff. And we can have notes, we can have uh, paper, we can put on our calendar, we have goals. But the idea is always the same, no matter what type of format you choose to take it under. It's just putting it down for you to visualize and seeing it. Like some people create vision boards, some people have like post-it notes, paste everywhere. I like to use a program called Notion. I organize like my daily to-do list task. I come in, I load in what I need to work on and I have a backlog of things I need to get done, things I'm currently doing, and then I have things I complete it. And it does something for your brain. And there's psychology behind it. I won't speak on it, but I'm sure there is more details. Yeah. <laughs> but you can see that, like, all the things I've completed and all the things that I'm working towards. And then I even gave these things uh, priorities, what I like to call them. Uh, so I have important and non-important, you know, non-urgent. You know, it's not important. I don't really need to do it. And then it's also, like, you know, not really time-orientated. Then I have important but urgent, right? It's important and it's urgent. You know, I have to do this within a certain time. It's also important and then I have urgent and I think non-important. So it's like time limit and importance. I think I actually messed up the order. No, you're good. But it basically I give them priorities, right? And with these priorities I am able to say okay, this is something like for instance, I need to drop this off at a specific date, but it's not super important. I can wait till next week because the date is far away. So that would be something that's urgent but not important, right? But something that like needs to be done by Friday, it's urgent and important. And I've used this system to kind of like filter out the things I need to get done. And I just have all the things I have to do, and then the things I've already completed in this list. And I just drag them over. Every day I come in, I pick three things as target on and work on, knock those three
0: things out, and then I move on to the next next day. And and that that's I mean that's been d- habits that you're building. So we don't we're we're getting close to time. So there's a couple things I want to talk about. Yeah, sure. You know, because I'm sure people are wondering. You know, at 20 years old, they're like, okay, how long have you been doing this for? But you've been at this for for how long?
1: Um, in terms of like creating technology, I started professionally as an Android developer when I was 16 and now I'm still working at 20.
0: It, so but you've been you've been at it much longer than that. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I guess it started when I was a young kid. I was my thing has always been passion, you know uh, For a lot of people, they can click a button, they can interact with like a screen or a page and just say, okay, it works great. They don't really think more about it until, like, it breaks, right? So like, oh, this stupid website's so slow or whatever the case may be. But for me, it was like, wait, you click a button, it sends a request to another computer, and then it comes back to me. How does it work? And I'm like, okay, how is it communicating with the other computer? Are there wires? Like, oh, no, there's internet. Internet. So it goes through the internet is what you're telling me? Okay, so then how does the internet know which computer to send it to? So, like, I went down a rabbit hole, quite literally a rabbit hole, <laughs> like, trying to figure these yeah. things out. So late nights at the library, I'm going out, I'm coming back with like a thousand books. My mom's like, what the hell is Java? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's a programming language. So I started to go down this rabbit hole and really try to truly understand computers because like, it's not just enough, for me, it's not enough to just use it. I have to understand how it works and the systems behind it. And once you really get granular inside of it, you can see that everything is thought out, everything is systemized, everything is planned. So it's really neat to, it was always really neat to me to see that and how it's built. And I just started getting into, like, building software, building games. I started with, like, GameMaker Studio. I started learning Python. And once you really get into it, there are a lot of free resources online, a lot of books, a lot of materials. And then a lot of people, the community for programming and creating designs and making technology is actually really cool. And there's a lot of great people I've met that I'm still friends with since I was, like, young, young, 14 years old, showing up for coding like meetups and they're all grown men who are professionals they are like, what is this 14 year old kid doing here? And I'm just like, I'm
0: trying to learn. <laughs> well, we, we've, we've had that conversation, you know, a couple times. Um, yeah. and, and just for, for you guys that know, so you're, you're one of nine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so there's nine total siblings, so uh, that probably a full house, you know, a lot, a lot of the time, yep. and lots of you trying to figure stuff out, yep. um, constantly navigating your way through where you fit in that family dynamic. I'm the home
1: tech support. Yep. Yep. You're the <laughs> exactly so, broken. Howard helps. So us. you guys, you
0: guys have like, a, you guys have a team. You guys have a bench, Right. With all, <laughs> with all the kids going on, yeah. but each of you do something very unique, you know, and um, just talking to you about your family and just the way they're disciplined, like all, all of them are, are into something. Right. Right. And it's it's it has a lot to do with the way you guys were were raised, obviously, an incredible job by your mom and dad making sure, you know, you guys stayed focused on the tasks at hand. Um, But but one of the things I want to talk to you about, you talked about seeing grown grown ass men. Right. And you're helping. (laughs) We've had that talk. Right. Where it's like my my position is is president of the company. But. How often do I lean on you? And then what's that relationship like, you know, when you're when you're working with somebody that's technically you're you're reporting to. But you obviously you know more than me. and I have no problem admitting it. Okay, for those of you guys that know, (laughs) he knows way more than I do about technology. It's okay, All right. But how does that relationship work out?
1: So I would say, especially in tech and for those of like, you know, us that work in technology or just work in general, there are a lot of like egos. And like you said, you're fine with me knowing what I know and me having my knowledge. And I think that's like the biggest thing. When I work with other people in technology, they let their selves get in the way because they feel as if they, they can know something. They're in engineering. They're making a lot. They're able to create these really helpful, impactful technology products. And it creates like an ego. Like, I know this. I learned this. And you really start to butt heads. And if you if you have ever built anything or built anything related to technology, you know that it's more thought process and planning than it actually is like coding and like designing. You think twice, code once. So the idea is really to not clash, you know, humble yourself, you know, come in front of others and just talk and discuss, OK, what are our goals? What are we trying to create? You know, and for me and you, we never had that issue where it's like, OK, I'm trying to talk to you and I'm young. You're like, I don't want to hear what this kid has to say. You're no, like, get out yeah. of here. And it's never been like that. So it's really easy for us to kind of communicate and work towards the individual goal.
0: Well, it's you know, it's it's important and we'll wrap it up. I got one more question for you. But it is it is so important, like for for those of you that work with a group of people and, and you're leading, like Stop. I promise you, the person on the other end of there, they, they know something you don't. Right. So why would you not want to learn it? And then there's something you can teach them. theres I've taught you, hopefully, a lot of things, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's from the business side of things and the way I sell and the way I speak and why I do things a certain way. But like that's the value I can provide you, right? Yeah. So please, for those of you, stop with your ego. Just let go of it. You, it's unbelievable the amount you're going to get accomplished if you learn to let go of your ego. I really mean that, and I mean truly let go to where you can look at somebody and go, "Wow, you know more than me." I'd like help learning this, and in return, here's what I have to offer you. And if we live like that, it'd be crazy what we can accomplish. You know. So I got one last question. So. This question I ask everybody. Yours is going to be a little different. The question I usually ask is, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? For you, your 18-year-old self was two years ago. So I'm not going to ask that question. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So my question for you is this, because you are a planner and you think very far ahead and you think about the future. Yep. Your 30-year-old self, Hmm. right? What is the type of man you wish your 30-year-old self to be?
1: I guess is a lot of possibility because when you talk future Mm -hmm. and no one really knows i know (laughs) and that's the crazy part about it but i would say that um someone who's grateful i would say is and you know at peace and for me that means like content you know happy what i've completed and what i've done because i feel like uh there's a lot when you're younger for me it's like a lot of stuff to chase after a lot of stuff to seek and there's a lot of stuff to do and you can kind of get lost in like the rat race of like, oh, I want to do this, now I'm on this thing. There's this new technology, I'm learning this now. And you can kind of jump and bounce around. And maybe sometimes you don't uh, you know, realize where you are currently and it's just like being happy with where you are and being at peace with that. And I hope I'm someone who can reflect and say, I'm, I'm proud of the things I've done, I'm proud of the things I've worked on. And this will be something you know I. I want to continue to do as I grow is to be able to say, okay, whether it's good, good or bad, I'm happy with the choices I made, you know, and I'm able to learn and grow from them. Cause I feel like if you're never at peace or never content where you are, you're never going to be able to learn from those mistakes or, or those successes.
0: I agree hundred percent. And that's the most beautiful spot to end this at for those of you at home. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the early birds podcast. The one thing I'm gonna leave you with is be grateful, be happy, but focus on your future, focus on becoming more disciplined. It can start today. Don't wait for the new year. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you, Howard. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me.